Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Greg Patton is living in today's world, but first, here is James Collins and Dr. Larry Spargimino to begin a look inside the marvelous book of Revelation. More than any other book in the Bible, the book of Revelation speaks of the future. Sadly today, most churches do not study Bible prophecy, which just amazes me. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the future. I am interested in what will happen to me and my loved ones after we die. I'm interested in what will happen to the people on this earth during the seven-year tribulation period. I'm interested in what the future holds for this planet. The book of Revelation not only answers all of those questions, but it answers them in great detail. I'm very excited to have the host of The Watchman on the Wall in the studio with me, Dr. Larry Spargimino. Dr. Spargimino is my mentor, and he's also an author of an amazing study guide commentary to the book of Revelation, and he's here today to talk about it. Pastor Larry, welcome. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much, James. I love talking about prophecy and especially about the book of Revelation. Well, you have written a study guide commentary to the book of Revelation called No Uncertain Future. I really love the cover of this book, by the way. Why did you write No Uncertain Future? Well, James, I come from an amillennial background, and one of the things that amillennialism teaches, among many other things that I no longer believe, is realized millennialism. Now, what is that? Well, according to realized millennialism, Revelation 20, the chapter that speaks about Satan being bound for a thousand years, well, they believe that Satan is bound at the present time. Can you imagine that? It doesn't seem like he's bound to me, <laughs> no, sir. They believe that one of the characteristics of this present age is that Satan is now incarcerated. So we're living in the millennium, according to them. So a millennialist would say that this is one of the reasons why there is no longer any demonic activity in today's world. Well, frankly, it's hard for me to believe that there is no longer any demonic activity in today's world. When I was an amillennialist, I hadn't been on the mission field. <laughs> I hadn't been to Pakistan or Honduras. Uh, my mind certainly has been changed. So if anything, we see it in the highest levels of society, in business, in government, in public education, in state teachers' colleges, where men and women are being told that kids in school today are mentally ill because they come from families who love and cherish the Bible. Can you imagine that? So by reading and studying the book of Revelation, my whole perspective changed. I was able to understand current events in a way that I could not prior to studying the book of Revelation and changing my eschatological point of view. So I got so excited about that that I wanted to share that with people. That's why I wrote the book. You know, Satan has two false stories that he likes to promote. One is the idea that there's no such thing as the devil. <laughs> so that's pretty neat, isn't it? Right. Satan is sneaky, and if he can get people to believe that he does not exist, then he is happy. Now, the other false story that he likes to sell and tell, especially to Christians, is that he exists, but he is now bound and harmless. He is now tied up, crippled, and confined, and is therefore pretty harmless. So my purpose in writing No Uncertain Future is to help people get into the book of Revelation. I want my readers to not be afraid of the book of Revelation. It's a marvelous book. I originally wrote this when I was pastoring Riverbend Baptist Church in Hickory Tree, Tennessee. 
the notes basically come from my studies, and guess what I found? A little country church really loves the book of Revelation. So that was such an endorsement for those dear people up in northeast Tennessee. They got to see all kinds of things in the Bible, and it was like God said, this is what people need. I mean, you don't have to be a great scholar or have a Ph.D. degree in linguistics or whatever. Just look at the headlines and then look at the book of Revelation. It's amazing. I said in the introduction, Dr. Spargimino, that it's very sad. Most churches today do not study Bible prophecy. You kind of hinted at that. But Bible prophecy is important. So let me ask you this question, Dr. Spargimino. Why should I study Bible prophecy? What are some of the specific benefits that come from the study of Bible prophecy? Well, Bible prophecy magnifies the sovereignty and power of God. I mean, even if you don't understand the figures and the symbols, one thing is clear. God is in control. You know, the power, the magnificence, the sovereignty of God comes through. I mean, prophecy shows us that God, and God alone, is in charge. Prophecy removes the seeming uncertainty regarding the outcome of history. You know, when we study history— Uh, we see that there are two separate lines of development. At times, there are evidences of kingdom victory, but then at times, there is also evidence that evil is gaining the upper hand. I mean, sometimes really good things happen. Wow, isn't that great? And then something else happens that cancels out all of that. So you ask, how does it all pan out? Well, no one knows unless you're a student of prophecy. Ultimately, we win because God's kingdom agenda is implemented. And one of the things I think is so important today is that so many Christians today, they just don't get it. They look at COVID-19 and they see that there's a world lockdown and the churches are being closed. And, oh, well, that's nothing, Um, you know, well, it just happens, you know, the Democrats are getting a little happy. Well, you know, if you know prophecy, this is serious. I'm not saying that vaccine mandate is the mark of the beast, but it's certainly preparing us for the mark of the beast. Right, we're moving in that direction. Yes, we're moving in that direction. And if you generally talk to Christians who are in wishy-washy churches, who don't preach prophecy, who are just kind of, let's all get happy and have a good time, they kind of are, you know, when you talk to them, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You believe all these weird things. Well, guess what? The Bible tells us that there's a conspiracy against you, me, your family, the people of God. You can see it in the Bible from cover to cover. Open your eyes. Read the Bible. Steady prophecy. It's just so fascinating that you can see people who are all millennial think, oh, you're a crazy prophecy nut or conspiracy theorist. It's not a theory. It's really happening. And when we study prophecy, we are alerted to the danger of this age. Well, let's zero down on that a little bit. You've given us some great reasons why we should study Bible prophecy. Why, more specifically, should we study the book of Revelation? What are some of the specific benefits that come from studying this book? Well, James, if the study of prophecy is important, and I've just argued that it is, then certainly the study of the book of Revelation is important. One of the ways we know that it is important is the way people avoid it. (laughs) You know, when you find out that large numbers of Christians are avoiding 22 chapters of Scripture, that tells me that I need to look at those 22 chapters. They must be important. I think the devil's got his blinders on so many people's eyes. You know, we see so many things happening today that line up with the book of Revelation. 
I do not believe in newspaper exegesis, but when we see the things mentioned in Bible prophecy unfolding right before our eyes, we learn how absolutely amazing Bible prophecy really is. The idea of a mark, you know, some kind of an identifying mark, those who don't have it won't be able to buy or sell. 50 years ago, it would have been totally impossible to mark the whole population of the world and for one governmental elitist authority to be able to know who has this mark and who doesn't and to penalize those who don't have it. I mean, that's impossible 50 years ago. But now, with microchip technology, with RFID technology, it is all entirely possible to keep track of those who have taken the mark and those who haven't. Computers are really convenient, but I remember back in the 80s when I was preparing notes on no uncertain future, I kind of said, hmm, this is not a good thing. You know, people know all about you. People can follow you around. And just as a side issue, I do not think that the vaccine mandate is the mark of the beast, but I do think it's a trial run, perhaps a testing of the waters to get people used to the idea that there is a governmental body that has the authority to mandate the vaccine and to punish those with unemployment, firing, a dishonorable discharge from the military if you don't take the vaccine. So it's not the mark of the beast, but the vaccine mandate functions like the mark of the beast, and it certainly, I think, warns us. Now, there are several other things in the book of Revelation that make it prophetic and relevant. In Revelation chapter 11, we read that the bodies of the two witnesses shall line the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And then it goes on and says that the whole world will see their dead bodies. Now, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, I said, well, that's kind of allegorical speaking. So when the book was originally written, that was impossible. However, today, with satellite television, all of this is possible. So when you look at technology, when you look at the present alignment of nations, you come to see that we are living in an age when these prophecies can actually be fulfilled literally. We don't have to allegorize prophecy any longer. We can take it literally. And I think, you know, as you look at older commentators on the book of Revelation, a lot of them were post-millennial. Some were pre-millennial, but they just didn't really understand. And I can understand that. And I think as we get closer to the unfolding of these things, I think we're going to understand more and more. We think we know a lot now. We really don't. If we're still here in 10 years, wait and see what we're going to find in the book of Revelation. It's always been there, but we've been blind to it. But when it actually happens, we will say, aha, this is it. Well, another specific benefit that I love about the book is the book of Revelation has the audacity to say that it is the book in the Bible that you will be blessed by, you'll get a blessing by from studying it. I know that I've been blessed through the study of that particular book, and I know that you have. Well, if you're just tuning in today, my guest is the host of The Watchman on the Wall, Pastor Larry Spargimino. We're talking about his fantastic book, No Uncertain Future, a study guide commentary to Revelation. And you can get a copy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That toll-free number to order No Uncertain Future is 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online at swrc.com. That website address again, swrc.com no uncertain future. You'll be blessed by studying Revelation, and you'll be blessed by studying 
with Dr. Spargimino's notes and outline here. It's a phenomenal little book. You mentioned a moment ago the alignment of nations. How does that confirm the prophetic word? Well, James, I think a really good example of that is, first of all, the Jewish state. It's only since May 14th, 1948, that Israel, once again, is a geopolitical entity. That's the super sign, don't you think? That's the super sign. I really believe that because so many prophecies that we read about in the Bible take place when Israel is a nation. So before 1948, they could not have happened. Something was wrong. So now they can, everyone. After many centuries, Israel is a nation. And yet for many centuries, there was no geopolitical entity known as Israel. Well, today there is. And I think that reminds us that the prophetic clock is now ticking. And by the way, we're not talking about evangelism, but I think the prophetic word is a great tool for evangelism. And, you know, friends, if you're listening to my voice and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, wow, I just said the prophetic clock is ticking. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. Every second we're getting closer. Are you ready? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? He's the only one who has ever paid for anyone's sins. And I'm sure Buddha had some good teaching. In fact, I know Buddha did. He said some great things, Lao Tzu and other philosophers and religious groups. They all said some great things. But the only one who can take away your sins, who has propitiated the wrath of God, is Jesus Christ. So believe on him. He's living, he's alive, and he's coming again. I know for me as a believer, I get a benefit from studying Bible prophecy in the sense that I want to be more evangelistic. If you get into a study of Bible prophecy, it should motivate you to want to share the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want my friends. I don't want loved ones. I don't want strangers, people I don't even know to go through that seven-year tribulation period. We want them to be caught up with the Lord in the rapture. I just wanted to add something to that. You know, people say, oh, 2020 and 2021 were awful. Oh, we've suffered so much. Hey, friends, you ain't seen nothing. Right. We've not seen anything. You've not seen anything. And then I know two people who survived the Holocaust, Jewish people, and they tell me how horrible it was. And I'm sure it was. But even that, and I don't want to minimize the Holocaust, let's face it, but even that is nothing compared to what the tribulation period will be like. So, yes, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. I didn't say that. I'm just quoting Scripture. Well, Dr. Spartamino, there are those who deny that the book of Revelation speaks about future things. They see the tribulation as a time of tribulation in Israel's past, like, for example, the Roman invasion of Jerusalem in 70 AD. What is your response to that? Well, James, when I got into the book of Revelation, that was one of the first issues I really had to deal with because I come from a moderate preterist background. And I had to face my moderate preterist background and find some answers. How do you answer that claim? And I did find, I think, some good answers. Now, there are two forms of preterism. One is moderate preterism, which says that almost all prophecy has been fulfilled, including the tribulation period, according to them. The tribulation occurred in the first century, that is 2,000 years ago. Now, they do believe that Jesus is coming back. I was a moderate preterist. I think D. James Kennedy, he was a great man, but he was a moderate preterist. He saw all of the prophetic things in the book of Revelation as having been fulfilled. Now, he did believe in the return of the Lord, so he was not a heretic or anything of the sort. Once again, I think D. James Kennedy was a great man, 
But if you look at what he said about the rapture, he didn't believe it. And I think in terms of prophetic calculation, that's serious. Now, the other form of preterism is full preterism. That argues that everything has been fulfilled, even those scriptures that speak of the Lord's return. Today, with the growing interest in Reformed theology, I think moderate preterism is coming in vogue. So you might say, uh, well, what's wrong with preterism? Well, first of all, the reason why I'm not a preterist any longer, even a moderate preterist, is that there's a total lack of correspondence between the prophecies of the book of Revelation and anything that has occurred in the past. They just don't line up. The only way that you can see the tribulation in the book of Revelation as having been fulfilled in the past is if you allegorize those prophecies and have them fit into the Roman Empire in the past. These prophecies, however, have a universal scope. The whole world is involved. You can't limit them just to the Roman Empire. The second thing is the book of Revelation is a revelation. In the Greek, it's an apocalypsis, a revealing of things to come. It's not a history book of past events. It is a disclosing of future events that we would not know about or understand except for the fact that they're revealed in the book of Revelation. So that's why it's called the book of Revelation. Thirdly, in the book of Revelation, in the tribulation period, we see a certain divine vindictiveness in the prayers of the martyrs. There is imprecation the martyred remnant that we see in the opening of the fifth seal, they're praying for vengeance. How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So they're crying for justice. It doesn't sound like the age of grace. Now, there are those who claim that if the book refers to something in the far distant future, it cannot give comfort and encouragement to those who are living today. And that's a common argument. They're saying, well, if John was writing about something way in the future, those who were suffering in his day. There was no encouragement there, no comfort there, no peace there. And so, therefore, preterists would argue and say there must be a present fulfillment. I think that whole premise is wrong. We today can get great comfort from knowing of a certainty how everything will turn out, even though it may be a long time before that happens. You know, even though we may have to wait long for Armageddon, we know it's coming and it gives comfort. There will be justice. Things will be straightened out. So as far as I'm concerned, whether it happens tomorrow, next year, or 50 years in the future, I'm still encouraged. So future prophecy can be very, very encouraging. Next time, we're going to continue talking about the book of Revelation and your great commentary, your study guide commentary, No Uncertain Future. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Glad to be here. Thank you, gentlemen. Pastor Larry and James Collins will continue looking into the book of Revelation next time. Get a CD copy of the complete conversation on the book of Revelation by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Jesus said of these last days that fear would grip the world as to what the future holds. However, for those who read and study the book of Revelation, this marvelous book of prophecy, there's no need to be uncertain about the future. In the book, No Uncertain Future, Dr. Larry Spargimino has done a masterful study on this important book about things to come, reconciling the message to the churches with the judgments of the seals, trumpets, and vials. 
For the person who has had difficulty placing all the events in the apocalypse in proper chronological order, let me encourage you, this is the book. Order No Uncertain Future, a study guide commentary to Revelation by Dr. Larry Spargimino for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order No Uncertain Future online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. This book makes an excellent resource for Sunday school classes and small groups. So order your copies of No Uncertain Future by calling 1-800-652-1144 or simply visit swrc.com. We are less than two days from the Central Florida Prophecy Conference, which takes place this Friday and Saturday, January 28th and 29th in Lakeland, Florida. Visit swrc.com and click on Events at the top of the homepage. There you'll find a complete schedule and list of speakers. The Central Florida Prophecy Conference, this Friday and Saturday in Lakeland, Florida. Register for free today by calling 1-800-652-1144 or visit swrc.com. Greg Patton will be speaking at this weekend's Prophecy Conference in Lakeland, Florida. Right now, though, Greg has another installment of Living in Today's World. Well, I've been blessed over the years to conduct revivals all over America. In churches amounting to a handful to standing before thousands of people, God has blessed in so many ways. And I've been thrilled to be a part of that. So many lives changed, souls saved. One of the most unusual things that ever happened to me was conducting a revival at Grace Baptist Church in Newcastle, Indiana, so many, many years ago. A pastor that used to be at our church in Roanoke, Indiana, had gotten his own church there at Newcastle, and it was my thrill. The guy that used to sit in attendance and hear him preach was now able to go and conduct a revival meeting there at his church. It was always exciting traveling there, usually traveled with the family. We had a fifth wheel, all the kids piled in, and it was an incredible adventure from coast to coast in America to go preach revival. So we go to the church, and I immediately went to the pastor's house. I understood he was going to be at church, ended up being at his house. And we went there, and when he opened up the door, his countenance was terrible. Something was terribly wrong. I said, preacher, what's going on? He said, come on in. Now, Sharon, come on in, you guys. And so we uh, went in, and I was just kind of shocked to hear the story he was about to tell me. He said, we have big problems here, Brother Greg. And I said, like what? And he said, one of my deacons, sheriff's deputy here, was shot to death last night in the emergency room of our hospital. I was in shock. What? I mean, I'm coming to hold revival to challenge the church, to get things stirred up, to get us on track. This is not good, and I don't think this is going to work. So we sat down and talked for some time, and he said, you know, I, I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. We're going to pray, but I don't know what we're supposed to do here. Tomorrow morning is supposed to be the start of our revival. And I thought, how can I do this? I'm not even sure I can muster up whatever I need to share with this audience. But we went ahead, and at least we knew we were going to do the next morning. A pastor would speak a bit and talk a little bit about this horrible occurrence, 
And then I was going to start whatever God laid upon my heart, reference revival. One thing that was really going to be challenging is, would this woman's husband and children be in church? To my surprise, wow, there they were. Prior to getting things going, she wanted to talk with me. And I thought, Lord, what can I say? Tell me what to say here now, Lord. You know what the circumstance would be like. So I met with her, and she said, I want you to stay and conduct this revival. Excuse me, ma'am. She said, we've really needed this for a long time. And this is what really struck me. Maybe my husband's death is exactly what this church needs for revival. My goodness, I'm not sure before or since I've ever heard anything quite like that from a grieving wife who just hours before had been shot to death, serving the community as a police officer. Wow. My friend, how would you respond in something like that? I just got to tell you, I think this would be very hard. Yet the Bible says in Romans 8:28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to thee who are called according to his purpose. What a fantastic message that was. And and I preached. It was hard. I saw her, looked into her eyes several times as I ministered that Sunday morning, and boy, the tears welled up, and it was just something else to behold. And, you know, we've had great revivals, and sometimes churches have preached for weeks prior to our coming and just asked the Holy Spirit of God to meet us there in a very special way and that souls would be saved and lives would be changed. And yes, that this church would do a turnaround. That's what revival is all about. You're preaching to the choir by and large. There'd be a turnaround and people would get on fire for God again. But you know what? She was right. We had a fantastic revival. I think the funeral was midweek there on Wednesday, and that was really tough. But I can tell you this, other than that night, that Wednesday, this woman never missed a service during that revival. And God was able to reach out and touch so many lives. It was, for the most part, one of the most exciting and best revivals we had ever conducted. You just never know how God is going to work and who is serious about things like this and who are not. I had another occasion preaching in Birmingham, Alabama, and there a man was dying. Couldn't get out of the hospital bed that they had at his home. Hospice, I think, had already been called in, and it was one of the first visits Pastor wanted me to make as soon as we got there. Went out, met the man, sweetheart of a man. We prayed with him and asked God to touch his life. You never know what's going to happen like that. He knew his life was drawing to a close. But here again is one of those shocking things. The very first message that I delivered prior to that, the doors of the church swung open. In came this team with a hospital bed in hand and brought that man right to the front of the church by my pulpit. And he lay there with all those tubes and oxygen and everything going. He made it to the revival. And not only that night, he made it every night that I preached the Word of God. Again, there's someone very serious about his Christian walk, and very interested in the church having a real, real revival. Yeah, there are thousands of messages as we live in today's world. This has just been one. No Uncertain Future, a study guide commentary of Revelation by Dr. Larry Spargimino is available today for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online 
swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Larry Spargimino continues his look at the book of Revelation tomorrow. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.